0: Welcome to the Complete Leader Podcast, giving leaders the tools and information they need to grow and change their world. Now, here's your host, Dale Dixon.
1: Building a culture of dialogue. This is the Complete Leader Podcast, everything you need to become a high-performing leader. I'm your host, Dale Dixon, in studio today with Dr. Renji Nair. And Dr. Nair is a leadership people and talent management expert, executive coach. He's a facilitator, educator, speaker, and author. He's also well-versed in multiple cultures, languages, and industry expertise. In fact, he recently published his first book, Potluck Culture, Five Strategies to Engage the Modern Workplace. Renji helps companies and their leaders build winning, high-performing people, teams, and cultures. Thanks for being here today. Thank you, Dale. I'm happy to be here. And uh, most importantly, part of the Price Associates team. Uh, give us the a bit of background. Why do you? Uh, why do you do what you do? Why do you believe so
0: fiercely in this concept of people and culture? I think the world has shifted dramatically over the last ten to fifteen years. There's a lot more focus today on people initiatives. Every company out there says they're people-focused, uh, they're honoring and respecting people. But when you peel the onion back and look into the roof of companies, really, it isn't. It isn't so. I mean, what company says on the website that they hate people and they pollute the environment? They don't believe in teamwork, uh, they have absolutely no integrity. Everyone says the opposite. They say all the great things, but what happens in the real world, in the real work world, is that real issues happen. You know, people with different backgrounds, different upbringings, different experiences, different ideologies, uh, different levels of expertise, and different levels of their uh, career. So all these create the need to humanize the workforce, and we're seeing trends uh, over the last few years that the humanization of the workforce is in play. So the organizations that best manage and respect and honor people and drive a people-focused culture are the ones that are going to be successful?
1: So let's let's dive into one specific area for this podcast mm-hmm. on how to how to get into that success factor, and we're talking about this idea of building a culture of dialogue. And uh, I know folks have a a, a definition in their head about what mm-hmm. dialogue is I would guess a communication right. uh, it's a conversation between two or, or between multiple people uh, but tell us what is a culture of dialogue why do you think it's important
0: a novel concept right the ability to talk mm-hmm. i mean we we take for granted that having conversations in the workplace building a sense of camaraderie between two individuals is an easy thing to do but in the age of the iphone and the thumb generation where we use the thumb to communicate we too often have overlooked the need to sit down, look at someone in the eye and empathize with them, put yourselves in their shoes, uh, try to get the very best out of them. I mean, a a famous uh, author once said, I think it was Ralph Waldo Emerson, said that every person you meet is superior to you in some way. So I think the opportunity for us in the workplace is to find that superiority in someone else and honor and respect that and unleash that. You know my uh, my uh, I'm a big follower of the holy um, the His Holiness, the Dalai Lama, and he said something that I that stayed with me forever. It's this quote, "The reality today is that we are all interdependent and have to coexist on this small planet. Therefore, the only sensible and intelligent way of resolving differences and clashes of interests, whether between individuals or nations, is through dialogue. And for me, that's a poignant um, quote. That should and can be applied in the workplace. So to answer your question, Dale, a culture of dialogue is a workplace culture where the where there's respect, there's uh, co- uh, dial, there's conversation, there's give and take, there's uh, experience sharing, storytelling, with the goal of a positive outcome that advances the agenda of the company.
1: Now those things all sound great and uh, almost utopian. Right. For, especially for some people who are working in the exact opposite. And I would venture a guess that most people listening to the podcast say, I wish rather than that sounds like where I work. Right. So how do we start to get from that place of uh, where a majority of businesses out there don't have this to how do we get this in place? How do we get this virtuous workplace of dialogue, of respect and of High productivity, high success, how do we get it to happen?
0: Well, it has to be first um, respected and led by the leaders of the organizations. They need to know how to build a a culture of dialogue. They need to themselves be really good at having conversations. They need to be really good at giving feedback and giving it timely. Uh, They need to marry that feedback with other resources or tools that the person that they're dialoguing with could use for example if a manager and an employee are having a conversation about work and, and the this is a performance related conversation too often in the work world we wait till the end of the year to provide that feedback well I think dialogue should occur throughout the performance year um, in fact it should be done very frequently almost to a point where it's pulsing type of feedback and coaching with the intent to help someone else succeed. Uh, And if you find a some kind of a deficiency in someone's work then not only providing that feedback and coaching, but also augmenting that with maybe an article or, a, or a, some kind of a tool set or a website or another resource that they could go to to talk about how they could improve whatever they're deficient in. So dialogue is good, but dialogue with assets um, that augments the conversation is even better. So
1: let's dive into that idea of, of these performance conversations because in every other walk of life, we get a scoreboard. You're watching the game. Uh, before we started recording, you, you just came from watching a soccer match right. on TV with your, your son. They didn't wait and show you the score at the end of the game. Right. They were keeping you up to date on the score. So, so I think it's really important for us to, to dive a little deeper into what you've talked about, uh, this conversation. So what are some of the ways, what are some of those key pieces behind a meaningful performance
0: conversation? I think it starts with, I appreciate what you're saying, but measurement, it's important. We actually measure all the time Mm -hmm. because we're judging. The minute we see someone else, we're already in the process of judging. So why not put some formality around that? Um, I would propose that in every organization where you have a manager and a subordinate who are together tasked with performing some work, the first conversation should be a formal conversation around goal setting. So it it shouldn't be a directive from the manager to the employee in terms of, here are the five things I want you to do. Rather, it should be a dialogue and a conversation around what both could bring to the table. Remember I said in every person you meet, there's something superior in that person? Well, what is the employee going to do and how are they going to achieve those goals? Let the employee draft that or have a dialogue around that and let the manager and the employee have a conversation around what the goals should be for that year for that performance year or for that project and then that dialogue is documented what comes out of that dialogue could be a five point or seven point bullet that looks at what are the things that are going to be achieved when will they be achieved how will they be be achieved and what the end game looks like what does the outcome look like so setting smart goals specific measurable attainable um, reliable and time-based are critical as a first starting point in a meaningful conversation. So
1: where does pay fall into this? Yeah the money, the money piece
0: yeah. I always like pay to be conversation number two. Conversa- once you get the goals out of the way and everyone agrees on these are the things that that I am tasked to do or we are tasked to do, then let's go right to pay. Even if someone's compensation, let's say their base pay hasn't changed, year over year it's important to explain certainly why did the base pay not change year over year what is the science behind the base salary there is a science behind it most organizations feel that this is something that is very nebulous or some kind of a black hole where if you start talking about pay you might get into trouble but it's actually quite simple pay is set uh, based on market conditions based on experience level Uh, based on the contribution for that role and the level of expertise in that role and certainly performance, past performance. That is all the elements that factors into what base pay is. And what also needs to be taken into consideration is the competitive position of that company in the marketplace. So if you're number one in the industry, you would expect base pay for that job to be slightly higher than a company that's number two or number three, or certainly number 10 out of 10, for example. So conversation number two should be about taking pay off the table. Let people feel comfortable with what their salary is. They, they know how it was derived. They know what they can do to maximize their pay.
1: That's, that's transparency. That's part of the dialogue. Those points you just went through uh, for a manager to have that level, that depth of conversation about pay. And here's how we come to it, and here's arrived at the figure for you and and all the thought process, that's uh, that's illuminating for the employee.
0: That's right. I mean, no one wants to be kept in the dark. They want to know what the stakes are. They want to know what the rules of the game are, the rules of engagement. They want to know what they're measured on. They want to know what kind of support they'll get. And they want to know why they're doing what they're doing. And certainly they want to know that they're paid Uh, commensurately for what they're doing and hopefully uh, competitively for what they're doing.
1: So when we think about the typical annual evaluation, is there a place for that in, in your system and the system that you propose?
0: Yeah, I think uh, you know we've, we've heard recently that many uh, marquee organizations, including General Electric and some of the big consulting firms, are all doing away with annual performance reviews. I don't think they're going to go away. I think the design of the performance management system might change. This is what I mean, Dale. Um, if you can get away from having a year-end discussion as the only discussion around performance, then we've lost the plot. But if we're augmenting the entire year with pulse feedback, constant dialogue and conversation around a culture of dialogue, where recognition is given for some good things that employees do throughout the year. It's done timely. uh, It's rewarded either with a pat on the back or some kind of a monetary or non-monetary reward. And you're actually teaching and training and developing people on the job, no matter how experienced they are. And they get the feedback from you and the, um, really the, the um, feeling that they're being cared for and they're being honored and there's meaning in what they do. Then it's okay to have a year-end conversation that's a little bit more formal in terms of the way they stood uh, uh, um, from a systems perspective, whether they're number one in the team, number two or number three. I think that ratings are not necessarily going to go away. What people don't like and haven't liked for many, many years is being labeled as a number when there's been radio silence throughout the year. And at the end of the year, there's this fearful conversation that takes place and they're labeled a number. That's what uh, is, is really what's, what's wrong with performance management systems. It should never be a surprise to someone what their performance rating is. If there's been dialogue throughout the year, that's that surprise will probably go away.
1: So we're in the midst of talking through these five types of conversations that uh, folks should have to be meaningful in, in creating a dialogue. Number one, it starts with goals. Number two, get pay off the table have that conversation up front there is a place for for what you call a mid-year check regular in, mit- in the midst of regular feedback what's number four on your list
0: i think number four on the list is making connection to what that individual's potential is if they're doing a job that is very involved very um, um uh, important tr- strategically for that company how does the individual perform in that job will give an indication in terms of what their behaviors are, what they're motivated by, and it will give a manager uh, a sense of what that person's career trajectory might look like. Could we put them into a job in a fast-track promotion, or should we give them more time to develop? Uh, Because people develop in different ways. It isn't like every person needs to be promoted every two years or every three years. People are different, people learn differently, people experience things differently. People react to to stressful situations differently. So all those are elements that need to be assessed and evaluated by the manager. In a culture of dialogue, no one is left sort of uh, uncomfortable or uncertain in terms of where they're going. Because we don't work just for today. We work for the future, for tomorrow, to continually make uh, more money, to, uh, to take care of our families. And, uh, of course, having the autonomy and the mastery and purpose in terms of what we do as employees and as workers we spend so much of our time at work that it needs to be meaningful for us Mm -hmm. and in a culture of dialogue you're going to get that
1: from a management perspective uh, you you've mentioned it already but people don't want to be considered a number you know that's what that's what you're saying so what's uh what's the fifth type of conversation, performance conversation we need to be having.
0: It's actually the conversation almost never happens. That is, you know, uh, at the end of the year, for example, you get some kind of an award or you get nothing if you're a poor performer. And that conversation is almost never had. If someone is a high performer, high potential, and they're getting a high reward, then make something meaningful out of that conversation. Honor the person Celebrate their success, celebrate with them, explain to them uh, why they got this great reward for what they did. Show them the link between pain and performance. Uh, Give them that wow experience so they walk away feeling great about what they've done. By the same token, those who have not done a great job, explain to them what they could have done better. Now, if you've provided them feedback throughout the year, you know that they just didn't perform. So they're not surprised because of their uh, lack of a good reward or zero reward. They'll at least know that you you care about them and you're trying to help them grow and they have the following year to redeem themselves.
1: That's what I hear out of this. It's really, it's a culture of no surprises.
0: That's right. It's a a feedback culture, a culture where getting and receiving feedback is, is equally good. You know, most human beings don't like to be told what they're bad at. You know, most human beings like to be told what they're good at. So giving feedback should start with all the positive things, and then in a very uh, deliberate, uh, non-confrontational manner, the challenging things or the critique should be made. I think if you do it in a, in, a, in, a, in a culture of dialogue where it's actually a two-way conversation, no one's going to be unhappy with the feedback you get. At the, and then feedback should be married with no surprises. Mm-hmm. Nobody likes to be surprised. Unfortunately, over the last 20 years or so, because of existing human resource management systems, which which makes it a year-end event, people are usually surprised uh, about what they're rated at and how their managers feel about them.
1: Not a place you want you want to be or put somebody else in. So. You, you briefly mentioned this at the very beginning and I'm, and I'm glad we're going to be able to come back to this, but, but let's put some, uh, some, what are some of the tangible results that we're going to see uh, that a business will see if they, if management gets together and says, we're going to be intentional and purposeful behind this concept of a dialogue and we're going to set the goals. We're going to have that pay conversation. We're going to, in, in. In continuing a regular dialogue and continual feedback, we'll have those mid-year, more formal check-ins. We're going to talk through the the potential that folks have in our company. We're going to make a very distinct connection between the pay, the reward, and the job done. So what does that mean for the business, the bottom line, so to speak?
0: I think there's a lot that, to be gained at uh, some short-term things and long-term things. Short-term things are you'll you'll get a greater sense or a more clear sense in terms of who your best performers are. Uh, there's typically going to be a, a a group of individuals who are stellar performers or truly outstanding, and they'll stand out. It's very easy to, to, to identify them. Then there's going to be a group of people who are performing really well, but they could have done some things better. And then there's going to be a batch of individuals who really need to improve. Now, none of these things uh, should be a surprise to anyone if you've built it around a culture of dialogue so the first uh, result we see is a normal distribution if you will in terms of who your best people are and who the who who needs help that's the first one the second is because you're honoring and respecting people and giving them timely feedback and recognizing them timely for the good things that they've done they'll feel that this is a place where they're free to um, to um, uh, you know, have, a a, a good dialogue with their manager. They have a good relationship with their manager because people don't leave companies. They leave other people. They leave Mm -hmm. managers. They'll want to be with this manager because the intent of that manager is to help them succeed. And finally, we often talk about engagement levels. Engagement just means how happy someone is, how uh, in tune someone is with your company, and what is the propensity of them staying with your company If you can enhance the employee engagement levels, that directly translates into strategic success, success, a winning, high-performing culture. No company would would, uh, give that up.
1: Happy employees go out of their way to make happy customers. That's right. Make the customers happy in the process.
0: And I think if we can make the customer really happy today and come back again tomorrow and make them even happier, that's the name of the game.
1: And that right there is very tangible success. Well, any other final words for us?
0: You know, uh, conversation and having conversation is not necessarily an easy thing. You would think that human beings are very good at doing this, but not necessarily. There There are many types of conversations. There's conversations when you just keep your mouth shut and listen. That is conversation. There's conversation when you're actually looking at someone in the eye and not... You know, staring at your notes or writing while someone else is talking. That's part of conversation. Gesturing, using your hands, um, putting your arm around someone. That's conversation. Um, There's a lot of elements that go into having a proper and true dialogue. At the end of the day, it's really about what is your intent? Is your Mm. intent to help someone else or is it to advance your own agenda? If your intent is truly to help someone else succeed, then you will succeed and your company will succeed too.
1: Are you trying to make a point or make a difference? <laughs> That's exactly right. That's the question. Dr. Renji Nair, the book is Potluck Culture, Five Strategies to Engage the Modern Workplace. Folks can find you on social media and the Price Associates website. Uh, the Those connection points will be in the show notes for this podcast. By the way, we please uh, ask that you that you rate the podcast. Go into iTunes, subscribe to this. There's more content coming up. In fact, we're going to have two more conversations with Dr. Nair in the process uh, that we're going to be talking and diving deep into these ideas of improving the culture in your company. But if you will go to iTunes, rate this podcast, write a review, that helps raise it up in the search rankings for iTunes. We would appreciate that. And definitely listen in more. Visit the Price Associates website. And until next week... Have a great week, and remember, this is The Complete Leader Podcast, everything you need to become a high-performing leader.
0: Thanks for listening to The Complete Leader Podcast. Find more online, thecompleteleader.org.